It's Tom Rogic! Celtic order the treble! And it is about to be duly delivered in the most spectacular and dramatic fashion! Are you something stirred within me? You were standing sultry in the rain. I was born into Celtic. That's, there's been no, there's been no groan. It's only pride for me and it's a huge privilege to manage a Celtic. It's only relevant if Rangers are playing. But it does Celtic have got two in a row if you've been generous to them. So in that sense, they'll never get to ten. They've got two in a row, and they will never get to ten in a row. I think there's more chance of Rangers winning ten in a row than Celtic winning ten in a row. Are you fucking crazy? Huh? You fucking crazy man. You sound insane. Do you realize that? You should be medicated. Rip it up and start again. Rip it up and start again. It's a green and whitewash. It's an astonishing achievement in Brendan Rogers' first season in charge. As easy as one, two, three. A triple for Celtic. We knew we turned up, we'd won the game, we'd done that on the day. Were you surprised at how comfortable it actually was in the first half? You were utterly dominant. No, I expected it to be like that, because we know when we turn up, our game's unbelievable. The gaffers taking us to a new level, and the lads are all responding really well to that. For Rogic. Tierney's made a really good run from left back. Here he is! Oh, what a goal that is from Celtic! Manchester City caught Cole at the back, and the teenager fires Celtic back ahead! The message, I suppose, is that Celtic is the Celtic I know. The strength of Celtic is being together. And I think what we've proven this year that the, the fusion between the players, the management and the supporters, when that's together, Celtic's a powerful force. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by Cap and Jazz, um, Chris Armani and Christian Wolfe. I've introduced you as a obscure emo band from the early 90s. Uh, Chris Armani, how are you? Very well, Christopher. Good stuff. Uh, Christian Wolfe? Excellent, thank you. Good, good to hear. You seem you seem positive, you seem excited. First podcast we've done of the... Is the season start? Yeah, I guess. First friendly, you see that? This is it. Aye, I'm giving this is the new season starts. 
No. 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 Something started today. Set we your start today. Timers. Um, yeah, just to, I'm sure everyone will be um, aware, but Celtic won 1 0 in their first pre season friendly with James. Still undefeated. James Forrest. Uh, still undefeated? Oh, yeah, okay, from last season. James Forrest uh, with a, a pretty good goal. Um, Kieran Tierney passing in. Forrest taking up with one foot and, you know, hitting in. It wasn't a great finish. It wasn't a great, it was a training match. It really was. Um, Anton Rogers came on, which was a bit odd. Thoughts on that, Chris Romani? I have no thoughts on it <laughs> at all. Um, you just don't you, you seem particularly talented. Twenty-four-year-old just yeah. released from Swindon could, could be the Patrick Rubbish replacement. Uh, um, okay, right. Let's not get the nonsense started that early. A bit, a bit of rage there. You're a bit irked though about Anton Rogers on the pitch. Come on, gal. I don't know. I just kind of feel that um, you know it's a place that someone else could have had. Maybe a Celtic player. Would have got a little bit of experience being away with the first team squad, um, as opposed to a guy who some Swindon's fans have called the worst ever player to play for them. So we're but we're talking about his dad being the Celtic manager. Do you know? Think he's the earned the right to say, "I'm playing my boy if I want." Aye, <laughs> aye, he does. That's fine. Uh, it's been less than two minutes of our podcast season, and you, you're already calling for Rogers to go. I'm not calling him for him, him to go. What I'm saying is, it's a bold move. It's a bold move to be perfectly honest. Yeah, um, I'm not saying he should go. What I'm saying is, he's not fit to lace Moise's boots. Moise's boots. Moise is still without a club, isn't he? Yeah. Look at the smile. You're very. You're a Moise fan. His next move. I mean, his next move is going to be. It's better to do it now, which is out in Moisin, so he gets a few weeks before the first qualifier. Yeah, so the next move will be a great move, which will be to not become a football manager again, or... <laughs> no, 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 Just he's just biding his time, don't you worry about that. Uh, there's links, uh, actually I've just seen that Jürgen Klinsmann has came out and said that he's not taking the Sunderland job. Why would anyone hire Jürgen Klinsmann to be a football manager? Because if he's a good football player, that's often how... That's an manager ex- gets hired. That's an excellent point. Um, before did, he, did he become an American citizen? Um, he lived in America for a long time, even before he became the actual uh, national coach. He he was living in California, so which makes me think he might have done that. Which is questionable. Why you'd want to do that? Don't you agree? I mean, no. If I'm I, I would hate to live in California and, and work in football. You know the story about. Oh, but, I mean, it's it's. I, I don't know. I've got. I could understand that if, you know, you were from that neck of the woods, but Europeans should be staying in Europe. <laughs> okay, right. I'm a Scandinavian. I'm not a Scandinavian. Did you ever hear the story about how when uh, the Inter Milan team met the Pope? No. So when Jürgen Klinsmann was at Inter Milan, he, uh, the Inter Milan team went and met, had an audience with the Pope. Must have been at, They won the UEFA Cup. They did, yeah. They af- it must have been after they won the UEFA Cup. Um and he refused to uh, shake his hand or speak to him because the sect of Christianity that he's with sees the Pope as the Antichrist. <laughs> so genu- that's that the 100%. Sect. There's a yeah. couple of clubs he could manage. Sect. Yeah, there's a, with, with you know, there, there's one. So what you're saying is you're fine with him going to America? Um, I sure. I don't. Well, in all seriousness, I, I do find that a bit odd. I, I don't but going know. to America? No, no, becoming an American citizen. It might not be. I might just have been making this up. No, but no, in all seriousness... I mean, look, Jim Carrey's Canadian and became an American citizen. That's not... That's fine. Why why is Jim Carrey your go-to guy (laughs) for, like... I don't know. Nationalisation? I just... I I think this is all really stemming from the fact I think I read it one time and I found it odd. I mean, he can do it if he wants. I'm going to check it up. Ladies and gentlemen, you're as confused and... uh, Scared as we are. Talk, 
but, talk amongst yourselves. But we're in the room with them. Um, Christian, uh, we're, we're going to kind of briefly look at you know all this you know plenty of Celtic podcasts who had a look back on on the season. Yeah, and yeah, uh, we won't be doing that. Nah, oh, we, we we're not we're okay. not that we're not that type of pod. Um, but fair enough, you know people do whatever they want to do in terms of podcasts and great stuff. Um, but from our point of view, we just want a quick kind of one line. <laughs> Highlight doesn't have to be, let's not dwell on the past because it is a new season and we are moving forward, moving ahead. But one kind of sort of highlight from last season that, you know. Just before okay. the you talk um, about the watch. current season, similar to Norwegian uh, dual nationality laws, I believe uh, Norway don't currently permit it. it but funny it's, it's story. under review. It, that's true. Right. Okay. I'm bang up to date. Germany, mm, well, they're not quite saying that they can't do it, but. They make it difficult. Therefore, he's not an American citizen, and we can move on. With the Hold on a minute. Are you just assuming he's not because they make it difficult? <laughs> no, I read it. All right, okay, fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Norwegian law is changing. It could be changing. It's it's up for a vote uh, later in this year. If that happens, is that a referendum for that? No, it's just, you know, we just get the MPs to do it. But if that happens, I could technically become a British national if I wanted to. I wouldn't advise that, mate, if I'm you honest know, with you. <laughs> it means I could run for office, I can become a politician, you know. You already are kind of a yeah, politician. Kinda, so. This is actually I'm announcing my uh, candidacy. Candidacy. Yeah. Um, but Chris, so yes, last season. Just bringing it back in. Yeah, of yeah. course. I'll, I'll skip the obvious ones, because there's plenty of obvious highlights from, from last season. Uh, I'm going to go with the development and the, the breakthrough of uh, Stuart Armstrong. Okay. I think that was a you know it, it was one of the highlights because it, it just showed it, it it wasn't just Armstrong there was other players that you know Rogers came in and managed to develop and bring very close to you know Armstrong is a first team player now but you know a Scottish international and even September October there were people who said Stuart Armstrong does not have a future in Celtic whatsoever so I think it's one of Many things to credit Brendan Rodgers with last season. I think the development of Armstrong specifically, McGregor as well, is is long-term wise probably one of the most important. And it's great to see because, you know, Stuart seems like a like a good guy. He seems hip. He seems like a hip guy. Um, I will hold my hands up and say that in, uh, you know, September time, I think I think it was just genuinely just more frustration because I championed Armstrong for so long, and you know I, I was like I wrote an article for the site years ago saying that Joe Ledley should be replaced by Stuart Armstrong. Like I've always thought he would be, you know, potentially, and he still do that he could potentially be a Celtic captain. I was very very frustrated with him. I don't think he took he didn't take the bull by the horns from what I could see. But something just clicked. I think it was Ross County away when we won. I think it was 4-1. Four, 4-5-0. Four I think yeah. we were only 2-0 up until the last sort of 5 or 10 minutes. I mean, then Sinclair and then Belly both scored. But that game, um, he did take the bull by the horns. And he was excellent. And um, he just, from there, went on a run. Uh, so it was great, you know. And uh, very thankful that he has now found his, his pace. And he can actually adapt to this level. Having Gary McKay, Stephen, of... You know, swapped because I thought. Oh, I think we always thought that Gary McKay Stephen, um, well, Gary McKay Stephen was playing better um, than Armstrong. Isn't. Okay, well, um, well, Gary McKay Stephen, they, they have swapped in terms of uh, one in, one out sort of things, which is a shame um, because he looks really happy all the time. Gary, <laughs> Gary, 
GMS, oh, smiling. Um, but I'll, instead of going to you, to you, I'll tell you what my highlight was. My highlight of last season, again, it's not necessarily an obvious one, but it's Lustig getting the praise I think he deserved. Um, I thought Lustig was one of the top players for us last season. Um, I also think that the season before, and maybe the season or two before, he got an, a ridiculous amount of unfair criticism. He's one of those guys who people, for whatever reason, kind of... Not so much now, but oh well, they still get it in patches that people aren't necessarily fully convinced of him. He very rarely puts a foot wrong. Um, he's very instrumental in terms of how we attack. Um, he's very instrumental. He's very, he's very much a cap plays a captain's role at times. And uh, yeah, I think Lustig, how Lustig played, the amount of games he played, um, his importance to the team, his importance to that right hand side, because you know it went from Forest to Roberts um, you know a couple of times at the beginning of the season then it was Forrest quite consistently and then towards the end it was definitely Roberts he always had to change how his style of play depending on who was in front of him and uh, very adaptable and I think he's a terrific player and um, God bless him Lustig is also one of the few older players in the squad Celtic squad is actually quite young uh, even when you compare it to the rest of the squads in SPF- SPFL, uh, I think him, Brown and, and Gordon, maybe Scott Sinclair, the four oldest players in, in the squad. So, yeah, I think he's becoming an increasingly important part of the dressing room. He's, um, he's now he's now coming in being 29, but we'll obviously you're obviously talking about last season. Of course I am. Highlight, sir? Um, I would probably say, I mean, obviously, Roberts was excellent all season. And Who? Who? Still hoping that he'll be coming back. Um, Do you still actually hold hope that he'll come back? I don't see why not. You know, I I, I still think that. Well, there's it. All right. <laughs> I still think. Um, I still think we are an option for him. Um, I imagine he'll have more than one. Um, I've not completely ruled it out. I've not completely ruled it out either. But I I think it's probably going. I don't think. I think after the season he had last season, where undefeated, won the treble, played in the Champions League. I think he, he's, oh, he's almost ticked every one of his boxes for him because what else would there be for him to do now? He didn't necessarily play a lot of Champions League football, but he still played. He still came on and had cameo roles that impressed. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could, you could maybe say if Celtic qualify for the champ, maybe he's holding out to see if Celtic qualify yeah. for the Champions League. Well, I mean, I suppose it depends what um, um, Guardiola wants to do with him as well. And... Now he's came here and he's won things. Now, of course, if he goes to some, you know, a mid-table Premier League club, he'll earn vastly superior, you know, wages. But is he likely to win something? You know, that might be a factor in it. But anyway, it doesn't matter because he wasn't my highlight of the season. Oh, it was Scott Brown. Scott Brown from, you know, zero to hero. I mean, he was so bad at points last season, and. I reckon if I think I've said this before, if Roger had stayed in the team uh, instead of getting injured, um, I think he would have won Player of the Year. The reason why he didn't is um, he ended up he was sitting deeper earlier in the season and dictating things a, a lot, and then his position changed slightly, and he's it seemed as if his influence waned a little. I don't know if it did, but he wasn't quite as eye catching. But I think over the course of the season, he was the beating heart of the team and. It, it, just phenomenal, and from a guy who I'd basically written off. 
Yeah, no, no, I think we'd all kind of, everyone on this podcast at least, um, had definitely maybe seen that his best time was ahead, uh, behind him. Uh, he turned 32 within the last uh, week or so. How much longer has he got left, Christian? Depends on himself. Um, he's, as you say, I think he's in a transition, as Imrani mentioned there, to have a deeper role and play a different kind of style. Um, I think that's a necessity because his play was, you know, so influenced by his power and stamina and getting forward, getting back. He's not going to be able to do that as much now, and he's definitely not going to be able to do as as the, on the same level in the next couple of years. So yeah, he's he's transitioning into a role that should potentially see him being a part of the team for an important part of the team for three, four years um, going forward. I think Scott Brown. Could you replace him with somebody better on the pitch solely in terms of qualities and what he can do on the pitch? Probably, and probably within Celtic's range. But you would lose so much in terms of mentality, in terms of leadership, in terms of you know the experience that comes with him. That it's it's not worth trying to you know replace him in any way yet. You know his his level on the pitch will stay good enough. And as, as Manny said, he's, he's kind of blossom in, in a slightly different role. So I think he's there, especially because of those kind of off-the-field qualities for at least another two, three years. This is going to... Obviously, we're quite an analytical podcast. We try to, you know, because the whole 90 minutes cynic, but we try to look through it from a football perspective of actually what's happening on the pitch and maybe not always look on the whole surrounding of you know Celtic men and Rangers men and, and all that sort of stuff but at the same time how important do you think it is that someone sits in that central midfield potentially captain and knows what the club's about do, do you think that comes into it at a club like Celtic I think I think it can t- take us to another level if you know what I mean I think that drive and that will to win and that understanding of uh, certain facets of the club it can't be, if you replaced as Christian said if you replaced him with a player who's technically better than him you wouldn't have that you've got that sitting there and I think it m- makes up for some of Brown's deficiencies yeah and I think that's it's really important to a club like us who can't simply go out and buy ready-made replacements you know I think a lot of the time when we're stepping up in Europe if we're going to be successful we need to do that through determination passion whatever grit. Scott Brown embodies that, I think. Yeah, I think if you look at the Manchester City game, um, it was, you know, blood and thunder. Um, don't mm. get me wrong, there was some some great technical football played. Scott Brown was immense, from, even from a technical aspect. But if you look how Tierney played, and you look how Prime played in that middle of the field, um, the determination of even guys like Dembele and stuff, we are going to have to um, mix it up, as it were. And we really are going to have to get in their faces and and that's funny because when Scotland were playing England, um, you know the whole Green Brigade, get into them, get into mm-hmm. them, right? Which I love, I think that's a great chant. Um, pretty much Gordon Strachan said that's defunct in football now. That's defunct, the whole idea of getting in their face and getting into them. You can't do that anymore, that's not how football works. And it's like, no, that's, exa- that's how Celtic do but- so well in the Champions League. That's how, when we take on teams who are technically better than us it's by pressurising them and actually getting into them that's how we I don't know that's not very technically minded in terms of you know you know breaking down the kind of from a statistical point of view but 
<clears throat> sometimes passion is an important facet of getting the result. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is. I think Strachan maybe try and says it shouldn't be a replacement for that you actually need to have the skills. Yeah. Passion and dedication will get you quite far, will get you so far. It, I think in terms of the City game, you can see that was a lot just... Um, <laughs> just the atmosphere, the mentality. It was a crazy game in that kind of terms. And yeah, you, you know, the, that was a bit more of that, you know, not off the off the field things playing in. You then saw the next home game against Borussia Mönchengladbach that you can meet teams in Europe who are just really, really clever. <laughs> yeah. And even if you run at them a hundred percent. They can play around you. They can, you know, they can mix it up. They know when to press. They know when to not to press, and they know how to play them. Get out of um, their own defense, and they know how to lock Celtic in in terms of that. So, I think in certain situations, in certain games, that passion, that drive is is, is required if you want to get over the finishing line. I think you need to develop a structure and a tactical and, and a skill set that will make you go further than that because. Passion will get you so far, but it's never going to get you, you know, far enough, especially for a club like Celtic. Um, so, I mean, looking forward to the the season, we're at. Um, we're going to talk about like expectations level and you know the danger of the second season because um, it's tough. Um, Brendan Rodgers has set his stall um, so high and the standards of what we're now expecting um, that I don't think we'll you'll ever really be able to hit those heights again and I don't mean Brendan Rodgers I just think last season was one in a million so there might be a little bit of disappointment when we suffer our first defeat or when you know if we get knocked out the league cup for example now if we get locked out if we get knocked out the league cup next season I'm going to be disappointed but as long as we you know in fact let's just start with that what's your targets for next season Chris um better shown in Europe um, what define what a better show one is in Europe? Um, being in Christmas beyond uh, being in Christmas, being in Europe beyond Christmas. Whether that be the last sixteen or whether that be uh, a run in the Europa League. The point you just to go back to the point you were making there about he can't improve in last season. Well, if you take Martin O'Neill's reign as a whole, now the peak of that you would probably say would be Seville. Yep. Now, in his first season, um, we won the treble. I think we only got beat once that season. Did we? We lost to the Rangers at Ibrox, certainly. Yeah, 5-1. I think that might have been the only game we lost. So it was pretty. Cl- it was just. It wasn't the invincible season, but it was as close as you can come. You know, it was really up there. That we were dominant. It was great, especially coming off the back of a period of Rangers dominance. Um, but once the, since the news left, the first thing that comes to your mind is that Seville team because uh, domestic success is a given for Celtic managers, especially in the, the climate we're in just now. So he's going to be measured on his performance in Europe. I wouldn't care if we'd lost, uh, won the league and didn't win either of the cups if we had a far stronger showing in Europe. That, that to me, is how he's measured from now on. I think we will. Domestic success will happen. You can't take an eye off the ball. You can't do that. But... We get the strongest squad in Scotland. We so were we 30, can... what was it, 30 points ahead of Aberdeen we finished. Yeah. We should be able to comfortably win the league and... You know, focus uh, on on improving uh, our performances in Europe. You agree with that, Christian? Or yeah, I think Celtic will have won the league by the time the split comes around. I think they're obviously favourites for the two cups, but as you say, something might happen in one off game. 
I think what can define Celtic seasons more than anything is <laughs> what always defines Celtic season is do they get into the Champions League or not? And as Sermani has said as this on the pod several times, if Celtic were to go out before they go to the group stages, it kind of turns into like a collective, you know, depression for two, three months. You know, those qualifying rounds are not getting any easier no. in terms of that. And if nope. while the team is a lot more drilled and they're a lot better than they were when they started last season, they were really, really close to go out. And you're yeah. going to meet the same level of quality now as well. So the thing that can define Celtic season if, is whether they get into the um, Champions League or not. Now, fair enough. If the, that does happen, but they get into the Europa League group stages, get a decent draw and can actually progress from that, it, it can turn into a really good season. But I think the one thing that will define the season and will show it as a success or not... Is is whether they go come into the Champions League group stages, and obviously, obviously they're showing there. But if they get there again for a second year, it doesn't really matter what happens domestically because you you can't really do it any better domestically. So even if they don't win the treble, or even if they just win the league, I don't think it'll be seen as a failure. Yeah, okay. You're absolutely you're absolutely right in terms of Champions League qualification. Um, you described it once as a dark cloud over the club. That's the word I was looking for. Other term, you, you, a dark cloud, and it, I. I Totally agree. Well, the no, mist will descend. Yeah, I mean, it's and people forget. People forget how close we were to going out. I mean, that second leg in Israel was horrific. The last half an hour was an absolute. I couldn't watch. It's an absolute um, nightmare. I mean, I'm, as a Liverpool fan, I'm dreading it. They have one round to get through, but it's it'll be tough for them as well. They'll be seeded as well. I'll be seeded as well. But even if you, I mean, Liverpool- even if you get a team that's supposedly not as good as Hapoel on, on paper, it's it's two games. It's so much. Pressure on there, and and one of the things that maybe we will come back to this later. But but Ronnie Dyla did a podcast in Norway, and he talked about the pressure on you inside Celtic in those two like three ties. It's unbelievable. It's like, everybody. It's on everybody's mind. It weighs everybody down. And yeah, I think they'll they're in a, obviously a much better position this season than last season. But it's it's still kind of a lottery. And 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 you're right as well talking about the Europa League because if we don't get through at the Champions League. Um, you'd like to think that we would be in the Europa League group stages now. That's no consolation in the early parts of the season. No. Nope. In fact, they're almost seen as a chore or a bore, right? But you'd think that Rogers' team would be better equipped to, especially in the group stages of the Europa League, make a good crack of getting through. It might pick up again if you progress through the Europa League. It might become more interesting as the season goes on. But certainly at the start, it's no consolation. Um and it, it it would probably it, it would lead to a bit of well dark cloud, aye, a cloud maybe not that dark over the club. Yeah, ninety minutes cynic. Remember the title. Um, <laughs> see the thing is, uh, you mentioned the fact that you know comparing on looking at O'Neill's second season, uh, it started with us going out against Bal. Um, yeah, yeah. Of 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 the Champions League, uh, we won three one at Parkhead, uh, lost two 0 in Switzerland. Uh, Sutton missed an absolute like a tap in at the last kind of kick of the ball. Oh, was that the header? Oh, was it a header? A header I, that hit the post. Oh, well, I I only know this because I was on holiday. I didn't actually see the game, but I remember um, girlfriend at the time phoned me and told me. Um, so I <laughs> great story. I didn't actually see it, but the the point being, um, there was a cloud, a haze over us at that point. Was that not? Was that a haze? That wasn't a cloud. I don't know. 
What was it? A cloud? Oh, it, was a cloud. it was a cloud. It was a cloud. Um, and then we drew Celta Vigo, and you kind of thought, oh, they just, ugh, do you know what I mean? Don't really have a chance. And then, and then as you say, it's obviously different because it was one knockout games, which it should be. Fucking group stages. Um, but it was knockout games. Uh, and then we get through Celta Vigo, and you start thinking to yourself, oh, and then we get Blackburn, and then you get Liverpool. Was and it not the other way around? Was it not? Was it, I thought it was Celta Vigo first and then. Celta Vigo was the first time we'd been in Europe past Christmas for 20 years. Um, I'm sure that was the... We played Stuttgart as well, remember? Liverpool was the quarterfinals? Liverpool Stuttgart, was, no we didn't. Uh, Stuttgart was the Champions League, was it not? No, Stuttgart was the U- Europa League, uh, UEFA Cup. Okay. Right, right, this is easily sorted. Wait a minute, <laughs> Blackburn, Stuttgart, Celta Vigo, It wasn't, Liverpool. it was Celta Vigo, Blackburn, Stuttgart, Liverpool. Boavista? Boavista. Boavista. What did I say? You said uh, you said Blackburn. I was just <laughs> naming the clubs. I wasn't doing it. <laughs> right, okay. Everyone's got like, anyway. I'm sure there's people walking down the down the street right now going, "Ah, oh, fucking it's so Stuttgart, Port Vigo, Port Vigo." Um, anyway, the point is that that season started off with a haze, um, but then it's cloud, built, cloud, but and but then it built, maybe a mist, and it built. Um, so let let I mean we're going to be positive. We're we're expecting at least to get to the playoff round, and then we'll take it from there because there are some really tough teams in it. Um, so I mean, your expectation would be just to maybe get past Christmas in terms of being in Europe. Yeah, I mean, it still- doesn't matter with either one, just whether it's Europe Champions League. Or, have you got a preference? Well, you want to go into the Champions League <laughs> group stages. You want to go into the Champions League. No, no, League. no, no, no. Last sixteen. Of the Champions League, or the always, op- always go further in the Champions League. You wouldn't choose the Europa League over the Champions Some League. Some people would, <laughs> not me. Hipster Celtic, exactly. The fair scope. Um, but so I mean, so yeah, I mean that that I, I think that's a fair enough expectation. Um, I wonder if he thinks to himself, "I wish we'd lost last season." <laughs> Rogers, uh, at least now you know he, he thought he was only needed four more for ten in a row. Now he's going to need what eight more. So he's at least he's here for a. We'll get to that a, a, a while now. Um, we'll get to that actually um, because we've got a few questions, uh, quite a few questions. But I just want to make the point. Um, uh, Michael Hill at Michael Hill eight two. I could listen to you talk about Dave King for ninety minutes. Maybe not ninety minutes, but we'll get there certainly, Chris. Um, the, the kind of question I'm, a lot of people are asking this, Matt Rain's asking it, um, and I've quite a few other ones. It's the level of recruitment, the transfer activity thus far. Um, looking for your thoughts on Johnny Hayes and then your kind of thoughts on our business so far at this point. Okay, Johnny Hayes. Okay. Uh, I'll start with Johnny. Johnny Mist. Johnny Hayes oh. is a very, very. Sorry. Yeah, don't, talk, don't you talk off Mike okay. He was trying to make fun of you I think no. Johnny It's a haze Johnny Hayes. Oh shit ah, You should have just said that out loud I know but then Get the kind of ruined it so. I was eating a okay. um, Yogurt break My apologies go ahead. Um, other go ahead, yogurt You go ahead Sorry Johnny Hayes Right I've, I've seen there's been a bit of uh, A stushy uh, stuff uh, Whatever on Twitter um, He's not not been too much of a popular signing with some of the Celtic support. I think he's been. A, I think he's a very shrewd signing, a clever signing. Yeah, a guy who is the second, the best player in Scotland out with their squad. You would say based on his performances last season. Um, he's no, nominated for Player of the Year. Yeah, yep, and the play the team of the season for uh, a lot of teams. He's worked with the manager before. Um, he can play on either wing. 
and that's a key thing for me. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's comfortable on both wings. He had the most assists in um, Scotland last season, so he knows the playing style. He knows the country. He knows the manager. Um, he's replacing a really strong player in Patrick Roberts, unless he comes back. Please. Um, I think the disappointment among Celtic fans is, is he going to be the direct replacement for um, Roberts? And ideally you'd want to replace Roberts with... Like for like like for like quality. Like for like. Regardless of that, though, if we do that, he's a a really excellent uh, member of the squad because, I mean, Sinclair didn't really have much in the way of competition or backup. Now, if Sinclair get injured briefly last season and he does that next season, we've not got much there. His is a real quality that can fit in uh, on either wing. So I think it's a sensible move, especially with the Champions League qualifiers coming up because he seems to me like the sort of guy that will be able to hit the ground running and make a contribution to the side um, pretty quickly. Um, Why do you think there's been so much negativity about it? Because he's not that glamorous. Is it j- just... Well, yeah, I mean, every, I mean, our transfer activity so far has been quite slow, right? Everybody likes signing players. I mean, everybody's played champ man and bought 14 players and then wondered why you were fifth in the league, you know? I remember the Mowbray's January where he signed so many players, Robbie Keane, and they were just signing... Kamara and... Kamara. Yeah. It was great. It was really, really exciting. And, I mean, we look over uh, the road at Rangers, they've signed eight players... Their fans are buoyant, they're upbeat. See, when you bring in a massive amount of players to an already successful squad, you don't need to do it, and it's not normally successful. See, if we strengthen shrewdly in key areas properly, that's much better. It won't upset the harmony of the squad. It will take the team up a level. Rogers should pick and choose who he takes, brings in carefully, as opposed to just getting signings in for the sake of it. Exactly. Um, your boy, Ayer... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, just him coming back is just another member of the squad that, you know, whether he goes back out alone again or not, but, you know, he could maybe come in and stake a claim now. He, he wants to. He thinks he's good enough. And I think that's his, you know, his, his incredibly ambitious guy, confident guy in the right way. So, yeah, he's, he's he will give preseason a, a proper, proper go. And he might end up being a part of the first team squad. He might go back out again but again I don't think that whole decision will be taken before mid to late August probably the same thing we, we talked about Patrick Roberts he'll judge this he'll see what offers comes in as, as you said he'll probably see if Celtic gets into the Champions League as well so I mean come on, I mean, if if you're frustrated by a lack of signing now it's only June come on just just relax take it easy I mean Sermani is absolutely right signings are a bit like junk food you know they make you feel good for a short period, and you, you know it's it's, 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 it's a, yeah exactly. <laughs> you you you're much better <laughs> cooking a nice healthy meal, and that's what Rogers is doing. But no, it's essentially I I, I think the you know the outrage over haste kind of kind of shows up a kind of a part of fandom I really don't like because it's it's as I said it's because it's not glamorous because it's not I think it's a lot to do with. Patrick Roberts, maybe he's seen as his replacement. But why wouldn't you sign him? As, as Samarina says, his, his, his numbers are unbelievable. He was just, he's the best player outside of Celtic last season. He fits perfectly into the squad. He's, he's done with the manager. He's a good fix for at least two or three seasons. And he is exactly who you would want to bring in. He fits perfectly. And I would say, even if you don't get another winger in 
this season. Okay, you're a little bit thin, maybe, but now that you have Hayson, I would prioritize other parts of the team other than a winger. We did a poll uh, yesterday in terms of what should be Celtic's top priority in, in transfer market now, and I think the winner is uh, was a winger, but I, I just don't agree with that because... I think that it, might just be Paddy Roberts. It, it probably is, but if... If you didn't bring in another winger now, I, I think that's actually okay. I think Hayes can be... He's, obviously, he's not have the same potential as, as Padre Robles. He's not as glamorous. He's not as well, essentially good. But he can... He, he can I, I reckon he can be more effective than a Paddy Robles over a full season. Uh, Paddy at 21 and he's on 30, especially in, in, in the domestic league. Yeah, I I think it's a really good signing. It's a logical signing. It makes sense. So if you complain about him, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry you're wrong. Simply, Um, I mean the thing with uh, Johnny Hayes that I loved is every time we played him, he he was always in the game. Even if Aberdeen didn't turn up, even if Aberdeen were poor, he was always in the game. He always tried to take the game by the scruff of the neck. And you've seen some of the goals he scored against us. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't score a tapping against us, at least. No. Um, and the other thing as well is, I mean, he's he's by all accounts been a Celtic fan, and and I know he's a professional footballer, but the will to win they displayed against us in the cup final, and McGinn was the same. And I, I, I know it's daft to say as if because they grew up supporting Celtic, they wouldn't try. But you know, he was absolutely distraught at the end of that yeah. and that's a winner that's somebody who's absolutely throw his, thrown his heart and soul into that game scored and ended up on uh, the losing side these are the sort of guys you want to play in your team yeah you want you want guys who are as you put it winners yeah. and determined um, with that we've been linked with quite a few left backs is that a worry <laughs> <laughs> Um, just in terms of like our transfer activity, and I know, and again, these are all rumours. You know, there's reports coming in from Turkey that we've approached uh, Barry Douglas, formerly of Dundee United, who I I think I was calling for us to sign him um, when he was it was at Poland. Uh, was it Lech Poznan that he was at, or yep. was yeah Poznan? Um, I think he's a terrific player. He's not a Tierney, and he should be a replacement for Tierney. Um, Tierney and Armstrong are not going anywhere. Just relax. Don't worry about it. Tierney's not going anywhere. <laughs> you, so, said, you, said that, you said that there like you're turning up at his house, standing out for ITK a bit here. Protecting it. No, no. Him. Tierney's not going. Right. Say we don't qualify for the Champions League and we've got a big bill that we need to pay. It's Dembele we're selling, first of all, right? Dembele's, Dembele's the man who, who'll go first. Let, let, me, let me jump in for a second. Do you think um, his future depends on whether we qualify for the Champions League? Not necessarily, but if financially it was dictated he'd be the guy to go I reckon we could I reckon we could hold on to him for another season I think we will hold on to him for another season and I'm it's more likely he'll leave if we don't make the Champions League but I don't think it's completely dependent yeah, on that not confirmed as. Um, but going back Tierney won't go anywhere because Tierney's Mr Celtic you know you can see that you can see in the way he engages with the fans you know and the way you know running back up to get his medal when he was at the hospital and stuff like that sorry um, I don't see Tierney going until unless he keeps developing the way he does and eventually it's just going a to silly, happen a silly bid that we can't reject yeah Armstrong though well, I've been hearing things what have you been hearing Chris that he wants to go to England um, he's not signed that new deal, so. <clears throat> well, you, you know, 
I think he would be really daft to leave Celtic because this is a guy who hasn't yet completed a full season at uh, this level. Yeah, a full season. At this form, in, sorry. In this form, yeah. I mean, the guy came in, you know, autumn time and, and from then on he was absolutely fantastic. But he's not proven his quality over a period of time. And the idea that, I mean, he's not going to go to a bigger a bigger club down south, you know. He's going to go, he would be purely going there for the money. But... It's just what I've been hearing. Um, I would be very disappointed in Stuart if he uh, if he decided to leave um, to go to England because I completely agree with you. As as great as he is, um, he's not played on this form for long enough to really justify a move. Tierney's been doing it for two full seasons and he's still only just turned twenty. Um, but Tierney just looks a level above. All the Scottish players, if you want to put it in that sort of bracket. I mean, the, the, who, the, who are the standout players in our team? Dembele, Sinclair, Brown. I, st- I think Tierney stands head and shoulders above Sinclair and Brown in terms of potential and just on the ball ability. But that's debatable and that's not really the debate we want to have. Armstrong, I think, if he left, there's a very good chance that Armstrong could sink without Trace. No, there's a there's a there's equally as good a chance that he will um, go and flourish, but it is a quite a fifty fifty sort of balance. Armstrong, out of Armstrong, Rogic, and Brown, Armstrong's the most replaceable for me. Yeah. What do you think, Christian? You're making ah, a wee face there. He's probably the easiest one to replace in terms of the type of player is because you don't get. Brown can't be replaced in terms of leadership and experience. Rogic is he does stuff that we kind of get players. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a special kind of player. Uh, I think Armstrong is, is is key to the team, but I think if he went, you could slot in Callum McGregor, and you wouldn't see much too much of a dip no, straight away. Yeah, so I disagree with that. I think I think if, if this young um, Abui Kwasi is yeah, yeah, I got Kwasi you know, as maybe well. someone who Rogers has a big you know, forgot all about him. Um, you know, you had them I, starting in the Rangers game. It should have, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just for part. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, quasi there. We paid quite a bit, a big outlay on them. Um, you know, he could come in and and do a. I'm not saying he could do a Wanyama in terms of the same style of play or anything, but he could come in and he could be, you know, come from kind of nowhere. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just that all of a sudden make himself kind of uh, a massive part of the team. Um, on transfers, sorry, in general, it's. Uh, it's still June. I think Rodgers has shown that, you know, last season he went out and got the players, the players he wanted, he got overall. Okay, Jeff McCartney maybe, but I think it, the ones that were available and he wanted, I think if he identifies those players, Celtic will give him the money. I think to trust him with the money, I don't think that's the question. But I think it's also right to wait for the right players rather than panic and go to somewhere like, I don't know, Portugal, and get a four or five. But in, in terms of, you know, I, I don't think there's an issue with uh, the finances are not available and he wants this player. I think he's just being clever by then waiting for it. Remember, you got a new head of recruitment that came in a few months ago as well, so I, I, which Rogers has worked with. So I think there's a setup there, and I think they'll certainly be ready to go and identify the players they need. But then again... They don't need that many players. They need two or three of the right players, but they don't need to buy a lot of players. Yeah, I think, I think and you, they shouldn't because 
there's a great chemistry in the squad. It seems like there's people know what they're doing in terms of the system, so we don't want to disrupt that too much either. Yeah, I think, Samani, actually, we'll, you both have knocked out the, the park in terms of we just need the right players in the right, in, the, in key positions, um, as opposed to... But, I mean, I think the kind of... You know, Sky Sports has insinuated this whole transfer deadline day, sort of... They've made transfers and the idea of, like, <clears throat> a transfer deadline, like, this whole sort of circus to the point and where people are so obsessed. And obviously Twitter, everything's updating. You're updating, refreshing your uh, timeline every couple of seconds or every couple of minutes. And people are obsessed with seeing new information. There's nothing wrong with their squad. It does need a couple of additions, no doubt about it. But overall, we're in a good and, position. And, and signings is, for me, a, a, a bad manager, a bad coach camouflage. They just talk about, oh, I need to get some players and I, I need some more money for that. You're a coach. Go on the, on the training field and actually develop them and make them better. That is essentially your role. I think if you have a really good coach that develops players, it's worth more than trying to get a new player in. Yeah, I think if you look at um, what Martin O'Neill did when he came in, he brought in, don't get me wrong, he brought in some some big players. He brought in uh, Lennon, brought in, uh, who else did he bring in? Lennon, Hartson and Sutton. Lennon, Hartson and Sutton for 18 uh, million. Basically. Yeah, but if you, if you kind of compare that to what well, we brought in Sinclair, uh, Dumbelli and even like Colo came in but what Martin Neal did was he didn't make wholesale changes and completely change. it was a uh, sort of changing of the guard in a very subtle and a very slow sort of spinning way um, and that's exactly what Rogers will do he'll spin people out and spin people in when, when and as needs to be if, if you're expecting there to be a day when Brendan Rogers is standing there with three or four signings I don't think that's going to happen. And as Christian says, I think that probably and shouldn't be happening. Last word on Armstrong. A lot of people have written off Liam Henderson in the same way that they, they wrote off McGregor and Armstrong. Yeah, slightly different player. Again, he's somebody who can develop this season, the next season, and, and step into those boots if Armstrong went. Uh, we do have a question. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, Chris, you were going to say something? Just on Henderson... I know what you mean by that, but I think the difference is Rogers was coming in, looking them at them fresh, uh, and gave them the chance. Whereas I think he's had a chance to look at Henderson, and I get the impression he doesn't he doesn't rate him. Um, Doogie B asks, "Is this make or break season for Hendo?" Um, yes, I think personally, I I I I, I think if I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Hibs, and I I don't th- I I can't see him breaking through. I, I do like. You probably we, say said the same about Armstrong. No, I think. And you kind of still no, saying the same about McGregor. You need to you need to yeah. remember Henderson has never had a run in the team of more than four or five games. Armstrong was playing under Dyla. Uh, it was part uh, of Henderson's the team. been when he was Henderson, on the field. Hen- last Henderson season, he was wasn't right. starting every game for Hibs. Henderson was coming off the bench for Hibs quite well, a lot. He's still only what? Well, still not Fraser even twenty-one. Fraser was kept, keeping Henderson out of the fucking team at Hibs. Pal, I'm just saying. Oh, by I'm the just way, saying. I, I would like. I would like. You just want my getting in. Oh fucking! Don't you worry about that. What, John McGinn? John McGinn. John McGinn. John McGinn. You still get that tweet pinned? I do have it pinned <laughs> to my at the Galatron. Check it out. Pinned. <laughs> the pinned tweet. Nah, I think um, in terms of would would McGinn force his way into the first team? You'd like to think so. However, if he doesn't, uh, I would be proved right. So who fucking cares? <laughs> but yeah, I mean the, the thing with with Henderson, Chris, you you don't see him breaking through now. 
I would guess not. I I I can see him going to Hibs. Because um, you've got a Kawasi there as well. You get McGregor. Yeah. You got Armstrong. I mean, we've got Beton. Beton seems to be getting a lot of flack on social media for his based, based because of his of face pictures. Yeah, I, I, I seen I seen it was one. How where dare you? There, there was a picture where it was clearly in motion, um, and that Brendan Rodgers was walking into the hotel, smiling. Beton was behind him. I don't think he's seen the camera. Someone had taken that picture. And the tweet said, get him to fuck. <laughs> and it was just like, <laughs> I think, I, you know, I, but don't have a future. Uh, well, well, no. By the way, that tweet was hilarious. It was, <laughs> I love it, tweet. It, it was quite funny, as was the one that he, his Instagram or something, where he, I'm going back, back to, to rainy Glasgow. I'm going back to Glasgow. <laughs> um, do I think he has a future? Uh, personally, I'd hope not, because I'd, I just don't see him being an important player for us. Uh, I think it would be good for both him. I think he's there's talent there. Beaton at times he said spells at the club where I thought, yeah, you know, you look you look as if you could be a really good player. I just don't think it's going to work out, and I think it'd be better for him if he left. Better for us if he left. New, new, new approach, new Go somewhere sunny. You know, full <laughs> <laughs> him. What about yourself? I'm not going anywhere. No, Beaton. Okay, you've misunderstood what I said. I know what you said. He's like? going nowhere. He's applying for a passport. I'm going to get on that register, and he's going to and stand for election. This is this is that's a long term plan. Um, but no, um, point in hand, Beton. I, I agree with Samani again. I think it's kind of abundance of talent. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. I know it's a really harsh to judge him on <laughs> a couple of Instagrams and, and pictures. But it's been the prevailing feeling over the last season, season and a half, that he kind of... I, I know it's, diff, it's dangerous to say he looks like he wants to be somewhere else, but at times you kind of get that impression. He, he got into the team a lot more end of last season. But I think if you know if Rodgers gets a central midfielder in, either a, you know, a, a, a number six a bit deeper or number eight, I think Beethoven is the first one to go. Um <clears throat> But see, that's the thing, and we are going to move on, but I would say if Tom Rogic is fully fit, Tom Ro- and let's say Armstrong stays, Tom Rogic, Scott Brown, and Stuart Armstrong, but then you've also got, and I'm talking even ahead of, of Bitton, on the bench, or in the squad, you've got McGregor, yep. you've got Kuasi, who you'd imagine would kind of get an opportunity. I still think he's going to, but let's say you did bring John McGinn in, just for sake of argument. McGinn's there. That's that's six central midfielders. Yeah. Then you've got Henderson. Then you've got Beton. I don't, I I think it would be in Beton's best interest for his for himself to just to leave and Henderson. To be honest, Henderson's not going to play. Henderson should be playing every week. So someone described um like the midfield trio in quite an interesting way to me. It was talking about how. You the combination of those three players, and, and you maybe have three kinds of central midfielders. Now you have a number six who's quite deep and sits deep, and it's more defensive. You have a number what you call a number eight, which is up more, you know, dynamic, up and down, joins attack, also does a defensive job. And then you can have a number ten, which is basically a Rodrik is is a lot more attacking. But what you want to do is with those three uh, numbers, you want to maybe hit twenty two. Especially in 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 Europe, uh, when you're facing really good teams, so you can if you have a number six, number eight, and number ten, you have a twenty-four. Is that too offensive? If you have a six and a six and an eight, that's twenty. Is that 
too defensive or the other ones more offensive. So your balance would be a 22. So either 2, 6, and a 10 or a 6 and 2, 8. And it's, it's quite a clever way of looking at it in terms of, uh, you know, the balance of those three and the type of those three midfielders you need to have there. You can have uh, a 10 and 8 and a 6 in, in, in Scotland, fine, because you can be more offensive. But when it comes to Europe, is Roderick Armstrong and Brown the right combination? Is it too offensive? Or do you need Roderick to become more dynamic, more of a number 8 and a, a number 10? That's that, his best role. That's a really interesting thought because, you know, when we saw Roderick in the Champions League, um, don't get me wrong, he had, you know, there was a brief period, a brief spell against Manchester City where he was terrific, but it was quite a brief spell. Um, Would you be looking, can he cut it from a physical point of view in the Champions League? And in a physical point, would you rather then play Brian McGregor and Armstrong, which is more of a 6 and 2 8s? That kind of quasi is maybe a six or an eight. I don't and by know. By the way, see when I say physical, um, when I say physical, about physical, I, I am a bit bit on and about Rogic. I mean, like cardiovascularly, <laughs> like has he got the fitness? Will he ever have the fitness to play ninety minutes at that high? Endurance, pace? or does he become at that point a little bit of a liability? Uh, the thing about Rogic is he's yet to play a full season again. Now we know the quality of the levers. You only need to look at the Scottish Cup final. Um, the Confederations Cup. Yes. Yeah. yeah. High yeah. level, yeah. Because, I mean, the Scottish Cup finally, I mean, they easy for games. It was pretty rubbish in that game. Um, but, you know, he was capable of pulling off that piece of absolute magic. However, are you going to get Rogic fully fit for an entire season? No. So, you probably... I kind of got that 6 and 2 8 stuff <laughs> after a while like, I thought you were there was a raffle or something going on for a minute but I, I, I understand that I think I think at certain times Rogic could come out of the team especially like in Europe um, I think the ability he's got in that position I don't know if we're ever going to be able to afford better so I think we need, maybe need to just accept these flaws but I certainly think going for the I would always go for somebody sitting deep I think two eights, two eights and a six, two eights and a six. Yeah. I, I'm getting into that, that, yeah. Twenty two, hit twenty two. Also, it's very it. simplified, but you, you get the point in terms of finding the right balance between those three players. Yeah. I think two eights and a six, six works. Two eights and a six. Yeah. You, got, you got you got two six and a ten. That makes it as well. Or just three tens, make it a thirty. <laughs> What's your favourite um, collection of numbers <laughs> that lead to twenty two? Um, but no, I, I think that's quite interesting, um, and we'll obviously like moving forward. Talking of the Champions League, um, we've been drawn against the San Marino champions or um, Linfield of Northern Ireland. We've got a question here. Currently, nothing each in the first leg tie in uh, Belfast. Was oh, it in Belfast the first? It's leg? in Belfast. It's nothing each. Forty minutes gone. The San Marino champions, because you clearly didn't know the name, La, Fior- La Fiorita. Yeah, but you're pure heavy Italian. Montegiardiano. Oh, right, okay. It's, it's, it's a longer name than that. Oh, sorry, I've got the... Uh, oh, you, oh, you got the I've got the, the full name. The curtailed name. Okay. Um, so we've got a question from Mark underscore Celtic. This is more about the actual club itself than the actual tie. Is it the correct decision by Celtic to reject tickets for Linfield? Christopher Sermani. No, it's not the correct decision. Talk us through why it's not. Well, because... Okay, you can you can absolutely break it down as simply as this. It is apparently extremely easy to segregate fans going in and out of the ground. Um, 
they could work it out so that Celtic and Linfield fans don't see each other until they're inside the stadium sitting uh, across from one another. The whole 12th of July thing, What's how many tickets would we get? A thousand? Right, the idea of a thousand Celtic fans making a big difference to what's already, uh, yeah, got a, a boiling pot, you know, a melting pot of, of of a situation. You know, we've got fans who go everywhere. They want to go to every single game. I mean, I think they could quite easily police it. You know, in terms of the way it's segregated, they go in and out of the ground. I think I think they've, they've made a mountain out of a molehill. I, yeah. I get the impression the club perhaps don't want the attention because you know. There might be a few sing songs that they don't like. I, I get that. I think that's probably one of the main motivating factors. So they've used it as a smoke screen just to. It's guesswork. I've just got a hunch that might be the case, but I think it's daft not taking any tickets. Make no mistake. You know the media will go on a moral outrage run. You know, if, in terms of that game, but for them, I mean, they're stoking that up more than anybody else in terms of building that up as some sort of. You know, rematch of, of uh, you know, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. People should just grow up. Um, I think it's I I think Celtic board is probably trying to play it safe, but I think they've done it without a proper consultation with fans. As Amani says, you know, it wouldn't be difficult to keep that match safe and controlled and the two parties apart. What you're doing now is you. you you, you think you're going for the safe decision, but but Samarina says people are going. Celtic fans are going to go to that game no matter what, because people want to go see it. There's lots of Celtic fans in Belfast, and you end up making a situation where you may have Celtic fans within the home fans rather than anything else. So it's better to do it in a controlled fashion and, and you know take an allocation, and I'll be fine. I mean, the, the police presence would be would be huge, and especially now with it, they moved it to a Friday and all that pish. Uh, quite honestly. But even then, there's actually no excuse they don't have policing there. So, so no, I think Celtic board will come on to different boards. Overall, I think the Celtic board is very professional and they usually make the right decision. But they're probably a little bit on the safe side. Hey, I don't. They just didn't want to take a difficult decision. Do you think uh, Joe Miller told them not to do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Look, lads, after that, still dangerous. After that. Unbelievable tie it, that it never happened. It, apparently, what what was that? Because I, I seen headlines, but I never actually went into it. <laughs> it was Joe Miller said when he was playing for Aberdeen, they played um, friendly. They played a friendly versus Linfield at, at Windsor Park. At Windsor Park, which never happened. Where we had, uh, oh yeah, they, <laughs> um, yeah. Essentially, there was like the lasers. Sniper lasers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, really. Weren't commonplace at the time. Aberdeen never played Linfield with a friend. It came out now and people said there's some sort of training match rather than a friendly. And it, it might have not been that ground, but, you know, some journalist phoned him and he, you know, he talked he wanted to tell him a story. <laughs> yeah. A bit of, uh, I guess he's, he's uh, involved at Dundalk, I think. Um, Joe Miller. There you go. Um, Did he tell you that? Cause, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's actually with if you. You're, uh, uh, if you're interested in Irish football, Go read the supplement on com. We have our own Irish football correspondent, Ryan Clark. He's bringing us an interview with uh, an Irish football legend in, love, uh, love, in, love in the next he, supplement. Love when he uh, re- recaps stuff. Love a Clarky cap, which is a reference. Clarky cap. Got any Clarky caps? Got any Clarky caps? What's that? I don't get it. If you know what that is, 
um, don't mess don't tweet it, us. It's fine. It's uh, the what do you call it? Um, brass eye. So, um, ah, got any khaki caps? Got any? Uh, thank you. Just, 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 just. Uh, Shatner's bazoon. Um, so w- with the Linfield tie, sorry, San Marino champion slash Linfield tie. Though Linfield are the kind of favourites at this point. They lost Queen to Queen of the South two 0 um, last season. Oh, no. still no, 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 <laughs> nearly half time. <laughs> um, they lot. Uh, you wouldn't be too. You, we would. You'd imagine we'd not have a problem against Linfield, Chris. Um, I mean, there, there are no red imps, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious! Boom! Hilarious! Yeah, it's just a tie that you need to get out of the way. If we can't beat them, we've no place being. In, anywhere near, in, anywhere near Europe. <laughs> so, um, if we did, aye. I mean. Right, uh, just a couple of points um, finishing off with Celtic because we're going to kind of look at other teams within the league. Confederations um, Cup. Remember we did that? Yeah. For, uh, when we were on the radio. Tahiti. And we're we in the last all one. hated it. Yeah. Except Brian. I think Brian liked it. Yeah. It doesn't surprise anyone, does it? Brian loves the international tournament. Brian loves There's no much. good reason for why, but. It was a good pun when Tahiti were in it. I think they get beat but quite handsomely by Spain, I think, and it was, we can't stand Tahiti, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> Did you come up with that? Uh, Just yeah, 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 it was me. Terrific. Um, so um, I heard a rumour today from uh, someone in the know in my work who says Pepe's a done deal. <laughs> Joe Miller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also that um, Sturridge... What about Sturridge? So, so Pe- where's Pepe going? Uh, he's going to Turkey, I think. Okay. But, um, it's a done deal, apparently, according to Nicole uh, in work. Okay. But um, watch the space. <laughs> she can get full full reaction. She to ITK? She in the know? She, she's ITK. She has a season ticket. Okay. <laughs> so. For Fenerbahce. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but so, like, what are your thoughts? Um, we've came out that last season um, as champions, treble winners. Invincibles, our biggest rivals, Aberdeen, who we finished 30-odd points ahead of, Rangers we finished 39 points ahead of, there's obviously been a lot of uh, things happening, well let's start kind of with, with Aberdeen, the manager stayed, Yep. Uh, they get rid of a few players, they get rid of Pollitt, Jack obviously went to Rangers, McGinn's left, Ash Taylor's not signed a new deal, we've got pretty much their star player. Um, who, as you said yourself, he was you know top assist in Scotland and scored you know double figures in terms of goals. They've brought in Christie um, from from us, which is uh, th- hopefully I think Christie needs to go up there and I think he really needs to shine. If he doesn't go up there and really take on that mantle of the guy Aberdeen, I think he's going to struggle to come back and hold a first team place. Um, what your what's your kind of thoughts on Aberdeen, Christian, and and McKenna's staying? I, I'm. I'm Astonished uh, back in his state. I think it just again shows how he desperately, desperately wants that Rangers job because evidently he was offered a Sunderland job. And Sunderland's not just any club, they're a proper big club. They're in a position now where there's no expectations. He could have gone in there, pretty much <laughs> thrown out anyone he wanted because the fans. And someone really wants uh, you know, a renewal of the team and, and clearing out. And he had a good chance of bringing it up to a Premier League. So that seems like a... Do you think it, you've got a good chance of getting promoted? 
I think just by the they're, they're, I mean it's a tough league don't get me wrong and you know Middlesbrough was, was stuck there for a few years Aston Villa is stuck there Birmingham is stuck there but it's it's not just any championship club. It's 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 a, it's a big club. It, a big club well, I think it's, it's one of the biggest ones in, in in England historically. So, and what more can he do in Aberdeen? It, I mean, realistically, except shit all over his legacy. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he can he can keep getting second places and and the old cup drive. But I I think it's weird, and I, I the only logical reason because it's not some sort of you know. Die-hard commitment to Aberdeen, and I don't doubt he's, he's you know, he's, he obviously really enjoys working there in the job. But what's keeping him in Scotland when you can get an offer from from a club like Sunderland? He wants to arrange his job. He thinks Pedro will be out in six months, and he'll go in and get it. I, it's the only logical, logical explanation for me. Chris, thoughts? Disagree. Oh, thanks, Sunderland. Finally, utter basket case of a club. I mean, when that's you've how got, I would have described it. When you've got case. a miracle man like David Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't keep them in the Premier League? That's a good you, twist. Then you know you've got a club that, t- top to bottom, is rotten. I, I, all I, joking aside, I genuinely think that. I they, think it is rotten, but I think that's at that time you want to come in because the now they have re- you. You want relegate them. You can you can but you you, you can take know. over that club. You can well maybe, but you can clear out and you can start afresh. And that it must be like such a good challenge. Is that as a manager? Uh, like a, a sleeping giant, I would call Sunderland, that's down on you know the hills, and you get the chance to go in and be, you know, mold them into your own you know image. Why would you not do that as a manager? You're not going to get that chance in that kind of club often. Well, I, it, it, I think I find it weird. I, I mean, they've got a lot of high earning players that nobody else wants. Jack Rodwell's on ninety five grand a week, I mean, and he's got a clause in his contract that says that when they get relegated, he still gets like a ten percent. Or whatever it is, pay wise. So he's not dropping any wages. I mean, you've got you've got a squad there. I mean, I, I was at Sunderland Man United earlier in the season, and part of a stag do. We got tickets to go to it. I, I have never been as bored in my life. Right? I mean, I turned around and I saw Pat Nevin. <laughs> I just thought this is like the twilight zone. <laughs> I, I'm sitting watching a pathet- Man United were rotten as well. A pathetic excuse for a football, a football match. match with Pat Nevin. <laughs> uh, a horrific atmosphere. I mean, the fans. Yeah, there was just there was no passion. There was nothing there. It just it seemed as if the soul had been sucked out of the club. The only highlight was seeing the main man standing at the side of the, the pitch. main man, the man himself. But uh, to me, it just seems like I mean, relegation could be. It could be the, the turning point where the root and branch clear out the dross and rebuild again. See, just staying up like they have been doing, that's probably just going to maintain the level of dross that they've got at the club. I can understand why McInnes wouldn't want that. Because, remember he's been down to Bristol. And he's um, been burned. And it was rotten. Now, if he goes back to England, he's not going to go back down a third time. So he needs to choose know, carefully. I, carefully, uh, sorry. But uh, if he got offered a Bristol-type job again, yeah, fair enough. You knock it back. But this isn't Bristol. And I think, as if you're an ambitious manager, why would you not want that Sunderland job? It seems like everything you described there would, for me, if I was a manager and I really wanted a challenge and mark my name, this would be it. I mean, I, I just think you know, he just wants to be ready for the Rangers job. But I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't completely discount that. You could be right, right? But if he's attracting a club of, as you say, Sunderland stature, do that, do that, yeah, okay. No, you just add that's it, right? If he's attracting a club of Sunderland stature, as you say, now Warburton got the Forest job, which is a bigger job, I'd say. A bigger job, mm. I'd say as well. 
may not be a bigger club, but it's a bigger job. Now, he could probably get one of the sleeping giants jobs in England. The, the turnover in the championship's huge, right? Derby or Forest. Yeah. So the idea that Sunderland, to me, seem as broken as any club down there. They seem... I see here Sunderland, I hear Leeds. That's how level of broken I, I, I mean, think they are. Yeah. And, and, and Leeds, it's, it's a similar kind of job, but I just think, surely we've reached peak McInnes now. Surely his reputation is not going to get any better up here. I, I just think... Unless he wins another trophy with them. Yeah, Unless he I wins mean, the Scottish Cup with them or something. Could be, but I don't think he's going to get better than what it is now. I don't think... I think for all we make fun of him, and they might, <laughs> they might not be any better this season, I think Rangers will be better. I think Rangers... I will hold him as, as a favourite for second place just now. And then w- w- will he get it? That's more about what's happened at Aberdeen than what's happened at Rangers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, re- as I say... I, but you know, that, is, that is a team in transition now. And, okay, maybe he wants to, you know, it's his second generation Aberdeen team, but it just doesn't seem any logical... Only logical explanation I can see for McGuinness thing is he wants the Rangers job. The, the Sunderland thing, um, you know, I mentioned obviously Jurgen Klinsmann at the start. Um, Jurgen Klinsmann was linked. Not with a US citizen. Not, we can confirm. Not. not because Germany is making it bloody hard for <laughs> bloody him. Bloody difficult. As was his right, I found it a bit odd if he won, if he had been. Yeah. We've got one passport. Why would you yeah. want another one? <laughs> I thought we'd got past <laughs> your no, that's just, weird, just weird point. Um, like I think, you know, he was at a Sticks concert yesterday. Was he? Yeah. At the um, Hollywood Bowl. Come on. Sticks. Listen, they're right up there with Toto. Was one of the, the the great rock stadium bands. As long as he's, do you know, live there, have fun. The Hollywood Bowl. I know. Screw that. No, but um, be a hippie. Uh, the, the thing with uh, Klinsmann was he was asked um, if he was going to be part of it, but it all stems from the fact that a German conglomerate are trying to buy over Sunderland. So maybe right, McInnes okay. has went down there and they've not been able to give him any assurances that maybe. the club won't be sold and that his position. Might be in jeopardy, and then he could end going into the new season without a job. So I, I actually think it's a probably a mix of all this put together. I think they're a basket case club. I think he still definitely has an eye on the Rangers job, and maybe it was a lack. Of, maybe it was everything kind of put together. Um, what I thought, what I thought was quite interesting, um, what you just said there, and obviously what I was alluding to with Aberdeen, they've lost so many players, and um, they've lost so many key players, and they've not really replaced anyone. And um, they're trying to get Maloney in. Um, as far as I'm aware, they, so who did they sign recently? Um, today or was today or yesterday? I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. Um, but Pedro Cachinha was um, kind of like people were mocking him for saying that Ranger um, that Aberdeen's cycle is almost kind of finished, but it probably is. And and that's uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they got Christie. Uh, they probably bring other players in. It's still it's still just June. But you kind of get that feeling because what McGuinness did, he had almost a very consistent team with the same players that he could, you know, because they always went out in Europe quickly and, you know, more often than not went out to the Cups quickly. He had a lot of time to to build them up as a team, to his system, the way he played. They knew knew what they were good at and they executed that really well. But he, he he didn't seem very big on bringing new talent or new blood and he kept the same players and to me that seems was leading up to you know not a short termism but he really that was pretty old team the Aberdeen team yeah so it kind of it's for several different reasons he'd have to have a big turnover there now so yeah I mean just by that it's I, I still think there'll be top three or four 
Um, They've brought Stuart, Greg Stewart, yeah. who was at Dundee, who did terrifically well in his kind of season with Dundee. Went down to Birmingham. They played him at position. They had three managers. Didn't really work out. I think he's a good signing. They're trying to get Stevie May. I think he would be a terrific signing. Um, Kenny McLean, again, has been linked with Rangers. Um, again, that just kind of adds to the whole them rans- getting ransacked. That's another point. I mean, if the Rangers sign Kenny McLean and they play him with Ryan Jack in the middle of the park, which is their position, I mean, wh- why would we be worried about that? No. I mean, they've got 30 points ahead of them. Yeah, they've, they've, they've been at the heartbeat of an Aberdeen side that even when we weren't firing at all cylinders for the last couple of years, Easily overcame. Yeah. I mean, but I mean that's the thing though. They've they've been at the heart of the second best team who have been consistent in terms of. It's it's, it's probably good signings for Rangers for Rangers where they are. But the idea that that's going to worry us, as a cynic might say, they uh, targets Aberdeen, so they have a better chance of getting second place and weakening them. Um. So moving on, here's a quote from uh, Sir Brendan Rogers. Um. People who know football will wonder what he is talking about, to be honest, and nobody more so than their players and manager. Um, that was his uh, kind of comments about Dave King, um, saying that Rangers Celtic should Celtic should be further further ahead um, than and, and the cabbies at Glasgow Airport agrees with him. Yeah, so um, he also there's not much to discuss. He really. also said that Celtic have only done two in a row because Rangers weren't involved. I mean, we know all the quotes. We've all seen them. Um, I'm going to start with um, uh, proud Glaswegian, uh, proud Celtic <laughs> fan, um, Chris Supporter Amari, of cabbies. Chris supporter of uh, cabbies. Thanks, drivers. No, in all seriousness, Dave King. Go. <laughs> uh, there is a shrug. There is absolutely... And an mean, Italian shrug, some would say. Forget about it, etc. Forget it. Yes, an Italian struggling the style of a New York gangster. Um, I've got absolutely no comment. Uh, people get outraged by it, but it's, it's just, it, it's just a, an attempt to remain relevant. Let, let's. I mean, we've only done two in a row. Okay, see when if we get to nine in a row and we're, we're, we're playing that season to get to ten in a row. Let's see if they don't care then. <laughs> That's the end of that. The, what was the other point he made? Um, that uh, Oh, we should be further ahead of them. What, <laughs> should, should we have... I mean, I, let's be honest, we did draw with them, which, which upped me. So, should we have won that game as well? Yeah, we should have, Dave. You're right. We should have been two points further ahead of did, you then. Did yeah. Celtic win the Challenge Cup? No. no. Oh, well, you know. um, Dave King uh, looks like an absolute dickhead. Thoughts, <laughs> Christian? Well, I... I <laughs> Kind of with Sarmani, I'm really struggling to build up the energy to even comment on it because it's so bloody obvious. And it's, I mean, yeah, we we can have the whole thing about saying, you know, you don't just win a league that season. You win a league because what you've done 10, 5, 10, sometimes 20 years back. And Celtic is on six in a row. because what's happened in the last 20 years. But even, there's not even any point trying to go into and and engage with his statements in a logical, rational um, way because his statements aren't logical or rational. They're they're the statements of a troll. He's trying to stay relevant and, you know, appeal to 
the lowest denominator and in the lowest form. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's so, you know, it's, 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 it's not really any point spending any energy on it for that. And, but it kind of shows off what a chancellor is because he's obviously, you know, and fair enough, like they had, you know, you would say that you might getting Mike Ashley out and settling the sports direct stuff, you know, that, that's a good thing for them. But then why does he have to go and ruin it by saying something silly like, you know, two in a row? Because, you know... He but just do, you think, do you think in their uh, eyes he's ruining it or think in their eyes he's trying but, but, to stick it up? As but, no, I, but who, why would Celtic care? You no, know, it, it's... And you, it, know, you know he's and, not and, Any smart guy would say, yeah. look, I've done a I've done a good thing for the club. But I'll, I'll let you know. The manager is getting the players he wants. There's a lot of optimism. I don't know why. Maybe because they haven't played a game in a while uh, among the fans. But just just leave it. And then he has to go and try and like appear clever or you know the man of the you know the Rangers true Rangers fan and all that. And you just go. That's you know you can say a lot of thing about Peter Lowell. But he's got a lot more class than Dave King. The Celtic board has a lot more class, and they're a lot smarter. They're a lot more professional. They're a lot more probably managerial. And as we said with the Linfield thing, maybe they, they err on the safe side sometimes, and there's things you can criticize them of. But bloody hell, the, the, the job the Celtic board has done the last 10, 15, 20 years uh, compared to what's happening in Rangers, uh, you know, it's, it, there's a reason why. Rangers went into liquidation and had to start again. There's a reason why they Celtic died, is... They died, mate. It's did, mate. It's did, mate. It's a specific satire. It's did, mate. But there's a reason why Celtic's on six in a row. Uh, and as I said, we probably wasted enough, too much energy on this already, but it's, it's totally transparent. And it just shows... It just if, it reflects badly on King and it reflects badly on the, the Rangers fan that actually lap it up. He's not... It, I don't think King was talking to Celtic or Celtic fans. I mean, he was he was talking to Rangers fans. And to be perfectly honest, you know, optimism is quite high there because what I'm not even going to talk about the sports direct deal with Ashley or whatever. You know, because I've heard a lot of Celtic fans saying, "Ah, oh, they're getting two bob or whatever." It's probably better than it was. Right. And Mike Ashley's a guy who. You know, sells you a tea break when you work for them. So, <laughs> but but there's still something. From I think the I think the term was they're getting a majority of the net profits. Now, yeah. fair enough. Like football clubs doesn't get a huge amount of the sales, uh, the shirt sales anyway. But a majority of the net profits. You do wonder what Ashley's putting into the gross profits there. Mm. You know, he'll he'll be billing for his takeaways, honestly. But yeah, I, I don't think Mike Ashley just rolls over. He wouldn't be worries if he did that. Yeah. So, but it's better than it was, and you can. It's probably a small win for them. You can do it as a good PR win for King, and and but then he has to just ruin it for himself because well, you know. I know I know what you mean, but at the same time, they've got that. He's rousing up the fans. They've made a lot of signings, a punt, a lot of punts. It's a massive punts. These guys, right? Optimism's high, you know, and. There's every chance this will all come crumbling down. We 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 know that, but it's essentially he's whipping up the crowd, playing to the frenzy. They, you know, these are the guys that are going to be buying season tickets in the next few weeks, and they will, and they'll buy it in higher numbers because there's a, a rake of players coming in. They've defeated Mike Ashley in their eyes, and Dave Kings said a couple of cheeky things to Celtic. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. It's that's it. But it was the same as last season when they Cranchard and Barton and stuff like that. Do you know some of these guys might turn out to be? fantastic footballers or it could be 
unmitigated disasters. And, and at least, and so, in terms of purely the, the sporting side, there's a couple of ways of looking at that. Okay, I think Chichenai is... I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. But Pedro has... At least he's got had had the license to go out and buy the players he wants. And he's obviously... He obviously had a good look at that team and said, those players are not going to be able to play the way I want to play. One, because either he's not able to communicate how he wants to play uh, to them properly or they're not the right kind of players or he feels that they wouldn't be able to follow his instructions purely. So he's kind of got a carte blanche to go out and buy, go on a, you know, a football manager run and just buy... Guys, you know. Players, the market, you know. The market, you know. And it's, okay, fair enough. At least then it's your side. You're building it in your image. But on the other flip side, it's it's not a very sustainable way of doing running a football club because if things go wrong the first six months and it's papped out, you're stuck with seven, eight players who's maybe suited to a certain style and another one. That's why you get a director of football in who <laughs> has an overview of your kind of players you're going to buy. So it's a big punt. Um but at least it's a team is his image, and you know he probably thinks he can get them to play uh, how he wants them more than the team he had last season. Are they any good or not? I don't know because you know I, in the Mexican league, a guy in the Finnish league, it, you got a couple of uh, I think it was one guy who played um, the reserves teams in in Portugal, and you know a smaller Portuguese club, Bruno Alves, obviously I know, but it's yeah, I mean. I, in one sense, his purchases are, are logical. On the other side, it's a huge risk, and it, it can tip by the way. And, but we, and we what, brought, what's the best case scenario? They're going to be what fifteen points behind Celtic. We 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 brought in Cole Touri, knowing that he's going to help us through the qualifiers. Um, then he ended up playing a, a, quite a few more games um, than we thought he would. But then it came to that um, game against Mission Gladbach when it was clear that maybe his legs had gone to play the highest level, and he was dropped. Um, not dropped like unceremoniously, but he was left out of the team. They brought in Yozo and tried to develop a partnership. I get the impression that um, Alves is going to play every game. And if you saw what happened with Clint Hill, yeah, that's unsustainable. And even at this level, I, 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 no matter how much experience he's got, he's really, really slow. He's a guy who um, loves a bit of trouble, loves getting sent off. So I think you know. It, for, they're they're kind of almost blue chip in their eyes. Probably signing and Bruno Alves is probably the weakest. I mean, we can go round and round talking about it. Alves is an improvement in Clint Hill for me. Probably, I know that that, that is absolutely true. But the bottom line, Chris Armani is improvement on Chris Hill. Nah, oh. I'll give Clint his choice. He's <laughs> probably a bit more mobile than me. But, um, the bottom line, I mean, you can go round and round and talk about it. Am I even in the slightest bit worried about this? No. No, and I don't even I don't even think that's arrogance. It's just it's just a an examination of the, the the situation as it is. We are light years ahead of them, and I don't see that changing. Certainly not on the basis of the signings they've made. Some of these guys might be decent players; they'll be better than what they've had, maybe. But I don't think as long as they wear long sleeve shirts, they're fine. <laughs> don't let the tattoos out. It's the most <laughs> most important thing, Christopher. Yeah, um, but, but, uh, but the, 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 there's a serious point to it. In a way, it's completely opposite to what happened with Dyla the first season because Dyla, I think, is probably too wary of bringing in his players and his type of players and his market that he knew, um, and maybe you know he he did suffer for that. But I mean, Pedro is bringing in a, you know a specific you know in terms of culturally and how they play and and language and so on. 
I mean, if if there starts, if there's some cracks happen early in the season, it's very easy to get a divide in that team because yeah. those players will be seen as intrinsically linked to the manager. Yeah, you know, if things go wrong, they'll be it's be like having seven Stephanie Hansons, and all the fans will be on their back. So you, you, there's a very clear divide between you know Latin players, if you want to call them that, and the rest of the squad. Now it might be all fun and harmony and everything will work out fine but there's so many potential pitfalls by doing that strategy they have done it's, it's, it's a massive punt and also I know where's I, I, I do look forward to, as much as you can look forward to the financial statements of, of Rangers Football Club because it's not like they're earning a lot more money a little bit yes but the, the, the outlay they've had on wages last season and this season and the purchases I mean they're not far off spending the money on transfer that Celtic has in this period. So, so. so you're not worried, Chris, about um, Aberdeen or Hearts, uh, Aberdeen or Rangers. Uh, Hibs, I mean, the, you wouldn't be worried for them challenging us for the title, but we're, no. you know, if you can get a good, you know, good run at it, Jink, how do you think they'll do? I know this podcast has been critical of Lennon um, no. when he was a Celtic manager. Um Ah, you uh, were as well. Don't get on you, weren't they? That's why I said this podcast. Yeah, that's true. Talking about us as, as a collective. But Lennon's plus points will make him a good fit for a club like Hibs, I think. I think they could be a surprise package in terms of top three. Top three? They could. And I think that's based on um, his personality, his drive, do you know? Um, Lennon going to Ibrooks. Right, I wouldn't be shocked if Lennon got a win at Ibrox, yeah. purely because he'll be that fired up for it. Um, the lose games to like um, Hamilton or you know the Inverness, Dundee, you know they, they'll, they'll they'll lose games that he would expect them to win. Yeah, but I think in terms of big occasions, I think he's a passionate guy. He drives them on. You know, and I reckon that I mean he was very unlucky in the semi final against Aberdeen last season. Absolutely, well. yeah. Um, They've lost a the cum dog though. Who? Cum dog. Cummings. Jason. Cum dog. <laughs> Do you not see his wrestling? Video oh, the the, the guy Gredo. Yeah, no, I did see that actually. But he's he, with Forest, isn't he? Joined Forest, um, which I, I think he would have done well in this SPL, oh, the Scottish Premiership. Yeah. So I mean, they they could be. I mean, there's every chance that. You know, I don't think they'll get relegated. I think they've got a decent enough squad, and I think Lennon isn't good enough to be Celtic manager. But I think he's a good fit for a club like Hibs. Um, and I, I am looking forward to seeing him going to Ibrox. I think that'll be fun. Um, Christian Hearts have signed Kyle Lafferty. Oh, have they signed him now? Yeah, they signed. He signed today. That's, okay. Is that a signing? Can, 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 can I just say that? That's, see this. I mean, me and you for the wee conversation over a few pods about Cathro and these ideas that throws any idea about Cathro being a football <laughs> football playing manager out the window yeah well, I will I, 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 I don't know I mean oh, yeah, it happens yeah it's, it's not the obvious Cathro signing but then maybe we've maybe we have a, a preconception of Cathro of some sort of tiki-taka um, you know apostle I don't think he's I think he's he, he he wants to play a certain way, but I think you know a, a big talking man like Lafferty might might fit into that. But yeah, um, is you got you had someone like Bjorn Jonsson 
um, there last season, who was kind of like a target man, um, got his first cap for Norway. His first cap for Norway. Uh, and I, I guess... Says, hang on, says, no, I don't, I it, really, uh, that says more about Norway than it does about him. Oh, dude, I mean, I would go as far as say as Norway might even have a worse team than Scotland. Oof. So, but better players, but a worse team. Uh, but yeah, it's, in a way, he's, he's maybe a similar type to that. But yeah, no, it's... it's I, I, I don't know what's going on. What but I, I would say, I don't think, in terms of who's going to finish higher... Hips or hearts? I I, th- I think that's a pretty close one. I, I I just now I would say I think Hearts will have a better season. I think they're probably better prepared to what th- what to, be, uh, to finish higher than Hibernian. C- just asking, um, what makes you think that after their pretty horrendous second half of the season? Well, I I think okay, it, 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 it was, was, it was it a, bad a mitigated disaster. But I think you know this is. Kafro has been there longer. I think he's okay. <laughs> Transfers might seem a bit strange, but I just think there is a lot more potential in that team than what they've shown. I don't think they would continue being that bad. I think they needed a break from from playing football games, and I think they need to get a little bit of consistency in the squad because there's so many players going in and out. Uh, it was really scattergun, but Hearts is they still have one of the the better squads, I think, and I don't think you know other than Aberdeen. Okay, Hibernian. You know, okay, St. Johnston will be the officer again, but I, I, you know, I think Hearts will be. It's a good top six, st- top yeah. seven. I think. I think I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be an exciting. Well, season. you got. I was thinking about this earlier. You have. I think a lot of people look at the table and say, okay, there's an obvious top six. There's Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, St. Johnston. But I, I highly doubt that that doubt will be the top six. I think one or two of those will drop out. I have no idea who. Uh, I think it's eventually got to go belly up for St. Johnson, doesn't it? Eventually, you'd, you'd think so, but they they keep doing it the same thing season after season. But you think, yeah, at some point, St. Johnston. Uh, I, I don't. I, okay, I'm probably going to get flack for this. I don't know if Hibernian's going to be top six. That's your team, you thought, Paul. <laughs> That's your team. <laughs> That's your team. No, listen, I mean, I think. I just I think Lennon's got the potential to make them a surprise. Surprise package, hard to beat, passionate, you know, grinding, grinding out wins. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they didn't though. You know, yeah. this isn't based that's on anything. Yeah, other that's than the thing. Um, Hibs are probably the perfect fit for Lennon. Um, they're a big enough club, but they're not quite have the, you know, the the pressure of having to win every single game. Yeah. Um, I think it's a perfect fit for a guy like Lennon. When, we'll see. Well, well, yeah. We what were you going to say? You were going to say. I what? was going to say. Um, it was nothing about Lennon, actually. I, I, it was going to be about Dundee United and how I'm well, upset that they didn't come up to the top. Yeah, because I, w- I will say, like, yeah. of the last two teams that came up, Hearts and Rangers, I think they were better teams than the Hibernian team. You know, they, they seemed, at least in, in the in the championship, they seemed to be a lot more dominant and can dominate that league. And that league was probably harder at that time than what Hibernian did as well. So, But then again, as you say, it's... it's so what we're getting from this is you hate Neil Lennon, you no, hate no. Hibs, um, you probably hate anything green and white. And you love Jean Cathro. Yeah, you love Listen, this is, our, we're, we're, this is the end of our first podcast um, of the season. Uh, supplement, oh. talk me through the supplement. Are we at the end already? Yeah. Well, yeah, the supplement is, we have three editions in, it's on 90minutesnake.com, uh, a range of articles, of course with a Celtic focus, but also on other football footballing issue different kind of formats different kind of articles you should go check it out it's 90 minutes cynic I don't think we've let bowed out of the room where he's putting edition 2 and 3 into a PDF that everybody can download but we'll let them out for a little bit of sun eventually 
but yeah I've, and you know Ninety Minute Cynic 2017-18 we, we got some plans we, got some we, plans. we were discussing things we are in negotiations we are uh, ideas so you know we might bring it's in some new things journey, Chris. it's all um, about so I hear you you know but yeah NightMinuteCynic.com we might you know, we might do some more around analysis and uh, tactics and stats. You know, maybe we'll expand a little bit there as well. You yeah, know? we're going to expand. Saman is shaking his head, saying, not, um, "Not on my watch." Yeah. <laughs> not, not uh, on but, but the next uh, next supplement. Um, do we have a date for the release of that, or is it just August? Yeah. Well, look, I'm I'm going on my holidays in July, so um, I'm not I'm not leaving Keith in charge of that thing. No. You know. I'll be Charlie. <laughs> so no, uh, f- yes, we we'll, we'll hope early August. I think is a realistic one. No, no, you. People you, are already writing. People are yeah. writing. So. You, you, you and Keith are doing a Which good job. Which Macclesfield reserve player are you interviewing for the supplement? <sighs> I can't tell you that. That would ruin the surprise. Lovely. Uh, your interview with Isla was was very good. Your no, so so it wasn't my interview. Your, your I did the translation. Translation. I, I, some people Isla. called it. He wishes. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been trying all season and they keep knocking me back, but. She's really, she's very friendly. The the rolling press just officer. Because of, oh, ninety minutes in it, Chris Armani. No, 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 we do not do that. He otherwise. is on the list. That's not how he sounded. No yeah. way about it. Uh, but you, your exclusive translation. Yeah, some people called an exclusive. I wouldn't go that far. But oh. several people in the media did say that is an exclusive. If we because if no one, one else had done it, then how would they have got the translation? Exactly. You don't just press a button. And to be perfectly honest, talking about Chris Armani and Ronnie Dyla. We are still known as the Ronnie Dyla podcast. <laughs> thanks, to, thanks, to this, thanks to that print and his stoic defence of Mr. There's Dyla. worse things to be known for. Things. 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 Yeah. Um, so, yeah, terrific uh, first uh, episode. Episode? Episode. Yeah. Sure. Episode. First, first podcast back in the back in the groove. We are 90 Minutes Cynic. Check us out, 90minutescynic.com for the supplement and a wide range of... Um, excellent articles. There'll be some articles that you've done yourself, Chris Armani, from back in the day. <laughs> in the archives. What? Articles in the archives that you've done. Well, the Francesco Totti one. Aye. And, like, previous now um, as well. Well, <laughs> 2013. If you want to see a preview, preview of, of Roma versus... Malaga versus... Livorno. Or Sassuna. Yeah. Terrific. Just a little note to say, uh, you know, on Saturday, it's uh, our cynic, yeah. Louis McCaffrey. Is, it's Louis is McCaffrey's The housewife's favourite is now... Favorite. Going off the market will actually be the housewife's favorite at that yes. point because well one house. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ, Christian, why are you clunking up everything? Ninety minutes dot com. Check it out for the supplement and for a wide. V- well, you look like you want to say something else. No, I was just want to say you know good luck to to Louis and Erin on, on the day comes on Saturday. So okay, you know I just thought that was, no, it's nice. Know, we'll be there. Mm-hmm. Pleasant. So we'll like, be there. Hey, the fuck up. Yeah, nice. um, you know. But no, yeah, good luck Worth to Louis and Erin for their wedding. I'm part of that. I'm part of the squad. Um, <laughs> You'll be family now. First, first team. Um, 90minutesinic.com <laughs> for the supplement um, issues 1, 2, episodes, issues 1, 2 and 3. Yes, we have 3. Um, and also various Editions. previews from Sir Manny and Marek from... <laughs> So 2012 me, me and Marek swapped you do Italian football this week I'll do Spanish football yep as I say if you want to see Roma versus Livorno from 2012 that's the place to be my Serie A team of the season oh. done a couple of them yeah there's there's plenty there's, there's bang up to date there's a, there is a totty one and we'll, we'll look at Tony's in one of them I think oh Jesus Christ if you're struggling for things to do with the kids so this <laughs> all this 90minutesynic 90minutesynic.com check us out on iTunes if you could uh, subscribe 
and leave a positive message. That would be terrific. Um, just search for 90 Minute Cynic um, on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher and all the other apps that you use. What's to a Stitcher? I don't know. Um, Speaker.com. He doesn't want us to end tonight, does he? No. no. Speaker.com uh, slash the 90 Minute Cynic. Um, we're also on that platform. But. Ultimately, if you follow us on Twitter, um, 90 Minute Cynic on Twitter, we give out all the links and uh, everything you want to know about us, you can get us there. We're also on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com slash 90 Minute Cynic. I'm trying to fucking finish this. <laughs> phone numbers. Yeah. If you, want any, um, if you want any of the Cynic's phone numbers, if you want any here. Oh, we got, actually, do you know what? Just as we're finishing. Should we just quit now? No, no. As soon as Christian wants to let it go a little bit longer. Um, Stephen Hughes, always a gent. Evening, gents. Gents, based on Instagram and Twitter, which Celtic player do you think had the best-looking summer holiday? Near Beaton. <laughs> Near Beaton. Is that your? No, he, he, he obviously he, had such he a had good a, one. a belter. Yeah. That he didn't want to come back to this wonderful city. So. Um, I've got a question specifically for you. This is from Alan. Alan, yeah. Um, at Headshrinker eighty one. On a scale of one to fucking shite, how fucking shite is the transmit lineup? <laughs> which is Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> you hate yeah so you think who else is it transmit and Sebastian everything everything and I can't even remember the rest of them is that the one in Glasgow uh, yeah I'll give it a miss I'm just going to the, I'm going to see Bell and Sebastian um, that's our podcast woo woo um, I've been Chris Gallagher Christian Wolf. that's me thank you I'll be back want you more this season for Manny I want yep. you available weekly is it just going to be us Aye. Surely not. Just us. No. I'm not doing this every week. We've got <laughs> we a big squad. We need to rotate it. We're going Aye. to rotate the squad. Obviously, there is a first team. Yeah. We're bringing, are we not going to get some Eastern Promise soon? We're going to get some Eastern Promise. We're going yeah. to bring in the, the full Meister. If general. he brings his homebrew, yes. And hopefully, we may actually use his homebrew as a, um, a competition. Um, no. But, no, just for the, within the cynics. Just, ah, right. Okay. Yeah, not for most people. Uh, but yeah, I've been Chris Gallagher. We, we are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. We're busy touching to a dizzy stupid. We're busy touching to a dizzy stupid. Busy touching, we're dizzy stupid. Busy touching, we're dizzy stupid. Busy touching, we're dizzy stupid. Busy touching. Hey! Why am I Go!